Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Thank you for being here today. Our hosts, Dr. Larry Spargimino and staff evangelist James Collins, are looking at some of the breaking news happening around us. And Marvin McIlvaney will bring a Bible in the News report. Our July issue of the Prophetic Observer is out right now, with articles on prophecy and current events in the light of Scripture. Get your subscription to the Prophetic Observer started today. Call 1-800-652-1144. That's 1-800-652-1144. The Prophetic Observer, keeping time on God's prophetic clock. Breaking news straight from today's headlines. Netanyahu out as prime minister in Israel and the LGBT flag to be flown at U.S. embassies. Larry Spargimino and James Collins are here now to discuss these latest developments. Our first story comes from Israel, where for the first time in 12 years, Benjamin Netanyahu is no longer the prime minister. Netanyahu served in that position from 1996 to 1999, and then again from 2009 to 2021. During those years, he accumulated enemies every step of the way enemies from Washington to Tehran to Tel Aviv. But despite the widespread organized oppression, he stayed in power longer than any other prime minister in Israel's history. In a recent interview, Mr. Netanyahu was asked what he would do if elected prime minister again. His answer reflected his tough, pragmatic, and well-reasoned approach to governing. He said, I'd stop the policy of unilateral withdrawals in the face of terror. He went on to give specific instances where Israel won on the battlefield, then gave away those gains at the negotiating table. This gave the Palestinians the impression that terrorism works. When he was asked about the dangers of Iran getting nuclear weapons, Netanyahu said, they openly declare their intention to destroy Israel. They have an equal animosity to you Americans because remember again, we're the little Satan, you're the big Satan. They hate us because of you, because we represent this hatred, Western civilization that they hate and abhor. Netanyahu also said to imagine the Iranian regime with its furnaces of fanaticism acquiring nuclear weapons. He said it would be a tremendous shield for terror and they might use the weapon itself. Once a country has nuclear weapons, all the calculations for dealing with it or acting against it are totally different. So I would say the imperative for the United States and for the free world is to make sure that the Ayatollah does not develop and possess atomic weapons. We do not yet know the policies of Israel's new leadership. The new government coalition is remarkably broad, but because of that, it is extremely fragile. It brings together elements from across Israel's political spectrum. Their unity seems to be based on a mutual disdain for Benjamin Netanyahu. To thrive, they will need much more than that. Naftali Bennett, Israel's new prime minister, remains something of a mystery. He describes himself as more right-wing than Netanyahu. That may be true. We'll see. Before becoming a political rival, he did work for Mr. Netanyahu in several positions, including chief of staff. Israel's rebirth was a miracle, and so is the nation's continued existence. 
It has continued because God miraculously intervened again and again. Benjamin Netanyahu was one of those miracles. His leadership came at a crucial time. But miracles are God's work. They do not depend on any one person. Despite changes in leadership, God will continue to do what he said he would do regarding the state of Israel in the end times because God keeps his promises. Our next story comes to us from Washington, D.C., where leaders of the LGBT movement again declared victory after the United States State Department authorized embassies worldwide to display the rainbow pride flag on embassy flagpoles along with the American flag. This new policy by the Biden administration officially reverses the Trump policy that no flag but the United States flag would be flown on government property. In a State Department cable, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said that the diplomatic outposts are not required to fly the LGBT pride flag but can decide if it is appropriate to display on their flagpole in light of local conditions. In the cable, State Department officials were told to follow the do-no-harm policy to prevent backlash against the local LGBT population. The cable went on to encourage the flying of the LGBT pride flag for the month of June, which the government officially recognizes as lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender pride month. Franklin Graham criticized the Biden administration's decision on Facebook. He said just because something is authorized does not make it right. Graham wrote, why should a flag representing one group of people and a specific agenda be literally raised up above all others and allowed to fly at our embassy and consulates? The embassies represent the United States of America on foreign soil. Only the U.S. flag should be flown, not the gay pride flag, not the Christian flag, not any other flag. Well, James, we agree with Graham. When it comes to the American flagpole and American embassies and capitals around the world, one American flag should fly. This is a sad change of affairs as America once was a beacon of Christianity to the world, used its influence to spread Christian values and traditions, and sent missionaries around the globe. Instead, it now supports and spreads an anti-God agenda around the world. America, like many nations in the Old Testament, has decided to flaunt its sin. We will only see if God chooses to bring judgment on this nation in a similar manner. In a related story from Texas, Baylor University, a Christian university, recently paved the way for LGBT groups to have a university-sanctioned organization. Baylor's actions have now drawn outrage from one of the most prominent Southern Baptist pastors in the nation. Pastor Robert Jeffers, who is the pastor of the First Baptist Church of Dallas, warned Christian parents to keep their kids away from Baylor University. Pastor Jeffers said, What they teach and the underlying philosophy is anti-Christian. And I don't think any true Christian parent who wants their kids to have a Christian education would allow their child anywhere near Baylor University, close quotes. Jeffress, a Baylor alumnus, was set off because the Board of Regents adopted a resolution that will lead the way to the creation of a university-sanctioned LGBT organization. More than 30 nearby pastors wrote letters to Baylor pleading with the leadership to remain faithful to the Bible's teachings on marriage and sexuality. 
In response, Baylor put out a statement which said they still support purity in singleness and fidelity in marriage between a man and a woman as the biblical norm. But Dr. Jeffers is warning Christians not to buy what the university is selling. He said, like any good magician, the Baylor administration has mastered the art of distraction and deception. Jeffers said, what this really is, is a fraternity for LGBTQ students. What Baylor is really going to do is affirm their right to engage in that kind of ungodly behavior. Jeffers went on to say the Christianity professed by Baylor University is nothing more than a facade. He said there are professors on the campus who are actively trying to convince young students to question their faith in God. Pastor Jeffers said, Our church has sent students down there for years who have their faith completely torn apart by infidels in the religion department. I think Pastor Jeffers has a point. It is important for parents and students to investigate Christian universities that are Christian in name only. Regardless of what Baylor says, their actions speak louder than their words. Sadly, in these last days, more and more so-called Christian universities will continue to affirm that worldly values are more important than fidelity to the Christian faith. I am reminded of Matthew 7:21, where Jesus said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. What does it mean to say, Lord, Lord? Jesus explains, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? However, Jesus' verdict was negative. He said, And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Moving on, our next story comes from Virginia, where a mother recently spoke out at a public school board meeting and bash the board over its stubborn support of the controversial critical race theory. Xi Van Fleet, who endured Mao Zedong's cultural revolution before immigrating to the U.S., told the Ludown County School Board members, you are now teaching, training our children to be social justice warriors and to loathe our country and our history. She likened critical race theory to China's cultural revolution a Mao-led purge that left between 500,000 and 20 million people dead from 1966 to 1976. Van Fleet, whose son graduated from Ludon High School in 2015, shared some of her experience growing up in China in an interview after her confrontation with the school board. The Cultural Revolution began when she was six years old, and she grew up under communist atrocities. Van Fleet described communist squads which raided homes and destroyed any relics of China's past culture, history, governments, and religion. She also spoke about thought crimes. She said, We were asked to report if we heard anything about someone saying anything which showed a lack of complete loyalty to Mao. There were people reporting their parents, and their parents ended up in jail. At 26 years old, Van Fleet escaped China and traveled to the United States, where she immediately found freedoms she had never been able to enjoy before. However, in the current political and cultural climate in the United States, she said she felt some of that freedom eroding. She said, quote, to me and a lot of Chinese, it is heartbreaking that we escaped communism 
and we now experience communism here, close quote. In her speech to the school board, which officials made her shorten to fit the one-minute limit, she drew direct parallels between what she saw back then in China and what she sees in the United States today. She said the communist regime used the same critical theory to divide people. The only difference is they use class instead of race. Van Fleet went on to say, I do not think a lot of people understand. They are thinking that they are doing the right thing. Being against racism sounds really good, but they are basically breaking the system that is already against racism. I applaud G. Van Fleet for speaking out against critical race theory, which is Marxism at its core. The Bible promotes freedom and personal responsibility, and neither of those concepts last long under Marxism. There's a reason why, in Marxist states such as Communist China, Vietnam, and the old Soviet Union, Christians are always persecuted. The ideas espoused by Marxists are contradictory to the teachings of Jesus Christ. The differences are irreconcilable. This next story comes from Chicago, where earlier this year, Illinois lawmakers passed a major criminal justice reform bill. In response, five Illinois sheriffs have retired early, and six sheriffs are set to retire this summer, according to the Illinois Sheriff Association Executive Director Jim Kaichek. Kaichek said, This is the most I've seen. They're quitting as a direct result of the legislation. According to Kaichek, only one or two sheriffs would quit before serving their full terms. On top of the early retirements, over 20 Illinois sheriffs have decided not to seek re-election when their terms end. The recently enacted SAFETY Act, SAFETY, which stands for Safety, Accountability, Fairness, Equity, Today, made sweeping changes to the Illinois criminal justice system, including abolishing cash bail in two years, creating a statewide certification program for police officers, mandating body cameras for all Illinois officers by 2025, and allowing anonymous complaints against police officers. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker hailed the Safety Act as ensuring true safety, true fairness, and true justice. But five major Illinois law enforcement organizations, including ISA, derided it as a monster bill that punishes police officers for doing their jobs and allows criminals to roam free. It just goes to show you that cops don't want to remain in law enforcement when criminals are coddled. Our final story comes from Washington, D.C., where a senator recently spoke out against erosions into our liberties. The First Amendment exists in part to ensure that the government will not intrude on the free exercise of religion and expression. But what happens when our largest social media corporations wield the power to do precisely that? In a recent interview, Florida Senator Marco Rubio said that America's five largest social media companies, Facebook, Google, Twitter, Apple, and Amazon, now serve as the gatekeepers of the public square in American politics. In Senator Rubio's words, five companies in America now have the power to basically wipe anybody out and silence anyone. He went on to say, you know, Amazon, Google, Facebook, Twitter, Apple, they get together and decide we're going to wipe somebody out, you're done. There's nowhere for you to communicate. You can't even get web services and you can't communicate to the outside world your views. 
Today, these big tech companies are a bunch of unelected, unaccountable, anonymous people deciding what we're allowed to say to one another and what we're allowed to share. That's very dangerous. They have assumed basically governmental-type powers without being accountable to anyone. For this reason, Senator Rubio joined Missouri Senator Josh Hawley and other Republicans in introducing a bill, the Limiting Section 230 Immunity to Good Samaritans Act. The bill would allow citizens to sue technology companies who inappropriately censor speech or engage in political activism. The same legislation was introduced last year but failed to get through the House. It's high time our elected officials take action to protect our God-given freedoms. If they won't, we need to elect representatives who will. If you'd like a copy of today's program, call 1-800-652-1144 or visit our website, swrc.com. Bible in the News is a feature that examines events in the news today which have prophetic significance. To the world, these situations might seem trivial or unimportant, but to the Christian, it shows God fulfilling His plan and purpose for mankind. Marvin McIlvaney is here to look at several news items that everyone should know about. It's funny how many people will agree with me that it's a good idea to lock your doors at night. But for some reason, when you say we should lock our nation's borders, these same people have a fit. Are we just going to let anybody come on in here? Are they here to rob us or kill us? Will they hurt our family? Thanks to Joe Biden's open-door policy, pretty much anyone can get in here. Gee, I thought the crisis at the border was a Donald Trump problem. That's all we heard for years. The news media would scream, There are kids in cages and families are being torn apart. But you know what? The problem is still there. The media just doesn't report on it anymore. They want you to believe now everything is fine. Those of us who remember the 1980s, Fidel Castro had a great plan. He shocked the world by opening Cuban prisons and mental health facilities and allowed them to leave Cuba. Not only did he allow them, he helped them. Soon Florida was flooded with criminals, mental deficients, and sex offenders. Here's a story you may have missed. The United States Custom and Border Protection issued a report stating, Since the start of fiscal year 2021, Del Rio Sector Border Patrol agents have arrested 95 convicted sex offenders, a 3,166% increase over the same time frame last fiscal year. That's just one sector. Donald Trump had a system set up at the border he called Operation Talon. The purpose was to keep criminals and sex offenders from entering our country. Roughly a month after taking office, Biden canceled Operation Talon, much to the dismay of nearly all law enforcement. The attorney generals of 18 states expressed outrage, but Biden felt that he had to undo everything Trump did even deporting sex offenders. They sent Biden a letter which stated, quote, The cancellation of this program effectively broadcasts to the world that the United States is now a sanctuary jurisdiction for sexual predators. This message creates a perverse incentive for foreign sexual predators to seek to enter the United States illegally and assault more victims both in the process of unlawful migration and after they arrive. 
it will also broadcast the message to other criminal aliens who have committed other offenses that any kind of robust enforcement against them is unlikely. Just how many sex offenders have successfully made it into this country because Joe Biden laid out the welcome mat at the border, it's impossible to say. As if all the above were not ridiculous enough, on Sunday, Cataluna Enriquez, a man who identifies as a woman, was crowned Miss Nevada USA at the South Point Hotel Casino in Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Review-Journal reported. This is the first time a transgender has won the title. Isn't that exciting? Today, I am a proud transgender woman of color, Enrique said. Personally, I've learned that my differences do not make me less than. It makes me more than. An undefeated female, mountain biking champion, lost her title to a transgender. A weightlifter, mediocre when she was a he, qualified for the Olympics in the women's category. A biological male who identifies as a woman caused a ruckus at a Los Angeles woman's spa when he decided to strut around stark naked. Certainly, we should treat transgender people with the same respect we would anybody else, no more and no less. But they are not special people, and they do not deserve an elevated status. We do not have to engage in their delusion. Let's talk about women's rights. A woman should have the right to spend an afternoon at a woman's spa without being subjected to a mixed-up, stark-naked male who insists he's a female. She shouldn't have to compete against a biological male to win an athletic scholarship, a championship, a spot on an Olympic team, or a beauty pageant. Non-transgenders have rights, too. America is obsessed with sex. Not biblical sex between a married man and woman, but every kind of deviant sex. How does it start? Look no further than our public libraries. Public libraries were forced to stop in-person story hours during the COVID-19 pandemic. Now that we have a comatose liberal president, the perverse wig-wearing drag queens are back in American public libraries, where they are again poisoning the minds of innocent children. For example, the Plymouth, Massachusetts City Library's website states its Drag Queen Story Hour captures the imagination and play of the gender fluidity of childhood and gives kids glamorous, positive, and unabashedly queer role models. The sexual perversion not only showed up in public libraries in recent years, but was shamelessly tied to wholesome children's story hours where reading Dr. Seuss is replaced with a pro-LGBT children's book. We're all about teaching kids to love who they are, no matter what, Kelsey Casey, Plymouth Library Director, said. So we are introducing them to a wide range of experiences and people. Liberal parents have also defended exposing their children in the name of tolerance and acceptance, and often accuse protesters, if they show up, of being bigoted and hateful. Parents in Tacoma, Washington were furious after a Planned Parenthood flyer promoting sex among pre-teen children was distributed at Stewart Middle School. In a statement provided by Tacoma Public Schools, the flyer was not part of the curriculum and should never have been sent home with students. Copies of the flyer were posted on social media, and the information was beyond disturbing. 
Under the title, Age of Minority and Consent for Sex, students were told it is not a crime if they have sex as young as 11 years old, as long as their sex partners are no more than two years older than they are. This is exactly what the flyer said. It is not a crime if you are 11 and have sex with somebody two years older or less. If you are 12 to 13 and have sex with somebody who is three years older or less. If you are 14 or 15 and have sex with somebody who is four years older or less. If you are 14 years and older, you do not need permission from your parent or guardian to get treated for STDs or HIV or to get treatment. You are allowed to get a prescription for birth control without your parent or guardian's permission. And on abortion, it states, you do not need to get permission from your parent or guardian at any age. This is the United States today. Monica Klein, a former Planned Parenthood sex educator, stated that Planned Parenthood intentionally sells sex to children, knowing that it will create future abortion clients. An education website boasting that most American teachers use its lesson plans features thousands of plans for children as young as pre-K and kindergarten promoting gender-fluid, anti-white, and anti-American ideology. TeachersPayTeachers.com calls itself the go-to place for over 85% of U.S. educators defined, teacher-created, teacher-tested classroom resources and, quote, has grown to reach over 5 million educators. The site has 5,552 lessons on the tenets of Black Lives Matter, 3,712 on critical race theory, 166 on white privilege, and dozens on gender equity. One plan titled Social Justice and Racial Equality Unit in Kindergarten urged pre-K to first grade children to become race conscious. Quote, with your partner, who has lighter skin and whose is darker, students are asked. A lesson for kindergartners called Pinkus for Boys, Lesson on Gender Equality, asks students to do activities that, quote, focus on color and gender equality, close quote. When we come to faith in Christ, God calls us to adopt an entirely different mindset from other views of sexuality in our world. Christian faith invites us into a world where God has given meaning to our humanness and our sexuality and has revealed the core of that meaning to us in the Scripture and in the person of Jesus Christ. The Christian worldview is one of beauty, purpose, meaning, complexity, and depth. It is compelling. It is the truth, and it leads us toward everything that is ultimately good for us. Christians believe that the world and our sexuality are not the result of random chance, but of divine design. We live in a world that bears the imprint of its Creator, across its entire spectrum. The crown of that creation is humanity. No part of the creation is as deliberately and deeply marked with meaning as men and women. Sex and sexuality, rather than being meaningless, are a key aspect of what it means to be created in the image of God.
In our resource center today, we have two books by prophecy scholar Mark Hitchcock, ISIS, Iran, and Israel, and the book Middle East Burning. Each of these books can be yours today for a gift of $15 or more, or you can get both of these books for a gift of $20 or more. Call 1-800-652-1144. Next time, Dr. Larry Spargimino will begin a brand new series on curses and blessings. Watchmen on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.